0: Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway
1: miles to the gallon,
0: Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation.
1: What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's good
0: engagement How long give? before a wedding should I send out How many save games the dates? are in the first series? Use of the IMAP the to check find email best on best other email clients. Identify fonts where from where to find you were the four years in stuff. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Voices of Search Podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search Podcast. And today, we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friend Tyson Stockton, who is the co-founder and educational partner at Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses, scale organic search traffic, and educate their organizations. this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. All right, here's an episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Tyson Stockton from Previsible.
2: Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Tyson Stockton. And today we're going to be going over leadership tips from SEO to CEO. Joining us today is Eric Ritter, who is president and founder at Digital Neighbor. Digital Neighbor is a full service SEO agency. They offer custom digital marketing solutions for businesses to thrive, including SEO, PPC, web design, email marketing, social media, and analytics. So today, Eric and I are going to be discussing general kind of leadership tips And we're going to talk about his journey, um, growing the Digital Neighbor agency and kind of his path from SEO to CEO and some tips and tricks that he's uh, collected along the way with that path. Okay, here's my conversation with Eric Ritter, president and founder at Digital Neighbor. Eric, how's it going? Welcome to the Voice of Search. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, Tyson. Excellent. Now, I'm really interested in the topic today. Obviously, in SEO, we tend to gravitate to the more kind of tactical or technical aspects of the business. But today we really wanted to dive into more of kind of like the leadership conversation. And I wanted to kind of start off with just setting the stage a little bit about what your journey and path was from being an SEO into starting leading and managing your own agency and practice what was really kind of the the turning point that you went from being an SEO to kind of embarking on this journey as CEO?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually a fun fact I learned earlier this morning is that tomorrow is the six-year anniversary of Digital Neighbor. So we've been doing this uh, for a while here. And um, as you mentioned, it kind of started off just with myself kind of doing SEO. That's where my passion is. And that's really what I enjoy doing the most is doing search engine optimization. And obviously, SEO is more than search engine optimization. There's a lot more that goes into it. And uh, just doing the work is where it started, just doing SEO, doing quality work. And honestly, it took me a while to kind of figure out that there's much more to it than just doing the work, right? Kind of uh, growing it into a, a business and going from, just executing to actually all everything else that goes around that and kind of frames um, what's necessary in an agency and a company. And um, like I said, we're six years old now, and it probably took me the, the first two years. It was just me, and it was just uh, myself. and realizing that in order to grow this more, if that's really what I want to do, I need to take this more serious. So for me, Kind of the first things I did was I hired a coach. I hired someone to kind of help me identify what I need to do. And uh, the first thing that we did together is realize what the priorities are. And so the priorities need to shift, right? From moving from just being an SEO to being a a CEO. So from just doing the work to um, new things I hadn't really thought about, which is um, sales, right? Kind of being that primary salesperson. Which honestly, I'm not comfortable doing sales, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not a salesperson, but I'm really good at s e o So when I get into a sales talk or a sales conversation with someone, just being able to talk shop and become kind of that figure that with authority and knowledge builds trust, right? and I think that's the most important aspect of sales is kind of connecting with someone and building that trust and being kind of uh, someone who has experience doing it for many years just made the sales part pretty easy for me as much as I don't like doing it you know so I'm not salesy i'm just like hey here's what SEO is and this is what you need to do and they're like, "Oh great, where do I sign up for this right This sounds great absolutely so that was uh, the number one priority
2: and congrats on uh, the six year mark uh, it's certainly a milestone to to celebrate there and uh, I mean I can relate quite a bit on the the sales side, never been kind of the aspect that's uh, had the biggest calling to me. But I think that piece on the prioritization, but also like the approach to it, I think can be helpful to people because to me, it's like I hear that is also kind of like being comfortable within your own voice and knowing kind of like, all right, this is my style. I enjoy talking shop. I enjoy expressing or demonstrating expertise to give the confidence which can then translate into the sale, but it doesn't have to like, you don't have to change your personality, change who you are to artificially kind of like play that persona, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great point, Tyson,
1: because to me, always sales was associated with kind of that slimy car salesman, right? That's just trying to get you, what can I do to get you in this car today? And so just realizing that that's not what sales needs to be, right? Sales can just be um, kind of owning Um, your own voice and kind of just being comfortable in having a conversation with someone was really kind of almost an epiphany to me and made me much more comfortable kind of shifting into that priority.
2: And when, so you said you were kind of basically operating on your own for the first couple of years. Was it, did you always have like the ambition to build a larger agency and bring on employees or was it more of kind of you found yourself and hey i just i can't keep up with all the work like was it more i have too much work i need to develop this into it or was it always kind of like a a seeding ambition or kind of itch that you had
1: yeah uh, honestly i think it's a little bit of both so going into it that's why i started it as an agency it's like hey at some point this might be something bigger but i kind of got so into the trenches and so into the work that I didn't even have time to think about that until um I had too much work and I'm like you know finally getting my head kind of a little above water I'm like oh crap I need to bring in someone else here um need to bring in some help here to get this work done for the clients and so it was kind of organic as kind of my book of business grew that I realized like I have enough uh, revenue I have enough money here that I can pay someone else to fulfill clients' needs. And, you know, the, the first sign honestly was that like I'm not hitting my deliverables. I'm just like not able to get work done um because I have too much work. Right. And so and then it becomes kind of that choice of do I say no to new business or do I bring in more people to help fulfill the business. And I chose the latter of let's grow this thing and let's grow this into a legitimate agency.
2: And then when you made, started making that transition, so you started making your first couple of hires, it sounds like your role and your involvement, you mentioned having a, a coach and mentor that helped you kind of reset prioritizations and the focus on like sales and bringing a new business. How did you make the transition to being a leader now within your own organization instead of more of the, the individual contributor, so to speak?
1: Yeah, so that's honestly still difficult, right? Because I still have my hands in some things because you want to have a good mix of employees, right? You want to have more senior employees, you want to have younger, you want to have kind of that fresh blood and people in between there, right? And so kind of for me, kind of the biggest thing was empowering people, right? And just making sure that people are able... To grow and start getting comfortable with making decisions on their own and making, completing tasks kind of um, on their own, right? So at the entry level, people help drive results, right? By following processes. So that was kind of the the biggest thing is um, helping build those processes internally to make sure that we have consistency. Because that breeds the best possible SEO outcome. So to me, and I know we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Kind of my grew up in Germany. My German upbringing is, you know, the managerial style. Um, in my opinion, at least, is very much a manager doesn't sit up high in some corner office. They're down on the assembly line with the workers, making sure that everybody knows what they need to do making sure that everybody has to support what they need and they understand the process. And so that's kind of what my leadership style became is let's make a, a plan for this and let's create these processes so that way you guys can get this done on your own and then empowering them to improve the process, to make it better, to make it more efficient, to make it a more effective over time
0: That's previsible, p-r-e-v-i-s-i-b-l-e. io.
2: And so, I mean, you hit you hit on two two I think key elements. Like one of the establish establishing process for you know whether it's new employees joining on with you or more junior resources that are learning the ropes, and then also in this like empowering people to not just take what has been developed at surface level, but then to further progress and like drive it forward. What are some like key tips or kind of like things that you found resonate for creating that empowerment and making people feel that like, Ability that they can progress things beyond it? Is it simply having like the one on one conversations, or do you put in any other like systems in place that help encourage it within the org? Yeah, great
1: question. So you mentioned one on ones. So I still have monthly one on ones with almost everybody who works here, except maybe interns or very junior level people. We do meet on a monthly basis and one thing i like to do is coming into those meetings is having everybody line item out every area of responsibility that falls within their purview and then rank ordering those from top to bottom what they like to do and what they don't like to do so that we can have a very open and honest discussion of what do you want to do more of what do you want to do less of so that we can uh, so that i can help pivot them into the direction that they want to go right so Not only, and we're able to do that because we're a small agency, right? So I, I know if we were a bigger agency with a couple hundred employees, your job title defines what your daily tasks are, right? Because you have to fulfill those. But in a smaller agency such as Digital Neighbor, we're able to pivot, we're able to wear many different hats. And so just to give an example, I have one employee who's been here just one year, and she's an absolute rock star. So, just by being a rock star, she took on a lot of different areas local SEO, social media, account management. And so, we ta- had a very open conversation. I'm like, of those three, what do you, and she was honestly the best account manager I've ever had. Right. So, I, I really enjoyed her kind of doing account management. But then I kind of let her tell me what she liked best. And she told me I'd like account management least. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be more on the technical side and do more local SEO. Right. So without kind of having these one on ones with employees to understand what direction they want to go into, she might have, you know, who knows, left the agency and said, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Or she might have been unhappy. Which would have productivity would have suffered. So by having those open conversations and then helping them build a roadmap to how to get into that direction has been very, very great. I mean, it's been just very beneficial for the agency. So that's my one tip is don't be afraid to ask employees what they like doing and what they don't like doing.
2: I I mean, I feel like that also just creates a nice like environment where you're getting more to the core of the motivation of the individual and what really gets them going versus like maybe where they're just driving the most immediate value today. And your point as well on creating the list and going through and having the discussion around likes and dislikes, I think can be really an effect way of kind of creating that framework to foster that conversation. And I'd also recommend to maybe individuals that are not in a full leadership role, and maybe it's even like a middle management, or even if they are kind of an individual contributor, sometimes going into the one-on-ones with their manager. And years back, I remember doing this with one of my managers, one-on-ones, where I asked them prior to it in the next one on one to rank or to give me a list of what they think my priorities are. And I was going to do the same thing. And then we were going to have that conversation. And then I also wanted to see what his list of priorities were. And my goal from that was to basically the things at the bottom of my list to be do a better job at delegating to the team that I was managing at the time. And then also to be reaching more for the things on his list that then could create this you know, growth environment. So I really like that tip because I think not only can the manager, the leader bring that into one-on-ones, but also you are an individual contributor. You can also foster that and kind of like help drive that forward from your own kind of benefit. As far as to like, and we touched on a little bit. So you mentioned bringing in different levels of experience within resources and having some senior some junior what do you feel is the right mix of types of resources experience level of resources like what's kind of the the profile or mix that you look at as your business has grown yeah so on the one
1: side i'm a big fan of flow charts so in my mind i create float or not in my mind well, in my mind, and then also not to plug them, but lucid charts. I love them because that's like how I run my business, create lucid charts of all the different processes that we have. And so I go from beginning to end. These are all the steps that we have in the agency. These are all the items that we deliver, and then start mapping out you know what people or resources are responsible for these different steps so that I understand. You know, what roles do we have, and which ones are we potentially lacking in there from a from a staffing standpoint or from a, a resource standpoint? And what's been really important there is identifying um, what we call the doer and the reviewer. So having someone who's actually doing it, and then someone who is checking it and making it, let's say client facing, right? So that's kind of uh, has become important to us, kind of as we grow. Is and that empowers kind of the, the more junior people as well. Is like, hey, I want to do a good job. So the person looking at this has to kind of make the least amount of edits. It helps me and the leadership team here identify, you know, which people have potential to grow and kind of also identify kind of where they are. So we personally we bring in quite a few interns here because um, I'm a big fan of young blood of ideas that we might not have thought of, right? I don't know about you. I'm not a heavy user of TikTok, but it seems like anybody under 25, that's where they spend the majority of their their online time, right? So for me as an SEO, that's scary, right? Because those kids aren't going to Google to search for things anymore. They're going to TikTok, right? And so I don't have an answer or solution for it. But that's something that I'm definitely keeping an eye on And kind of by bringing in that young blood and those interns, you kind of stay in front of those trends to understand. You know, how do you guys use the internet, or what would you guys want to see on a website? Kind of because they're so much more digital natives, and they're so much more involved in just anything digital. That you know, that sometimes the best ideas come from interns or come from those junior employees of like, hey, this website's great, but I would rather send a message than call them or fill out a form. And that's something you know we might have not
2: thought of before. I completely agree with that as far as bringing in new talent, you get the, a new perspective, new energy within the organization, but also to your point, whether it's spotting new trends or thinking of problems, solutions a little bit different, I think that can be really helpful. From that, though, do you, would you say that your organization, you're more of a promote from within first? Or how do you kind of balance the development of existing or younger talent versus kind of bringing in external talent for maybe those middle management, team lead type positions? Yeah, great
1: question. So we might be A little bit of an outlier, but I am a huge fan of promoting from within. It just goes back to that old own versus rent model, right? So, someone who knows that there is opportunity to grow, there's an opportunity like, hey, you know, like I have my SEO director right now started as an intern, just to give an example, right? So, when an intern comes in, I'm like, hey, listen, if you work hard, you could be the next SEO director. And just kind of showing that to people, I feel like. Again, comes back to what we talked about earlier empowering people, kind of showing them that this is a long term gig. This isn't something where you might just be for a year or two. You know, there's an opportunity for you to grow here. So I really like kind of that aspect of creating ownership within employees by showing them that they can grow. But with that being said, is that doesn't always work out. But that's our first priorities. Let's hire from within. So we will sometimes augment from outside as well. But again, there, my concern is always sometimes the grass isn't greener on the outside. You don't know what you're going to get when you hire talent there from the outside. So yeah, so hire internally first. That's my number one priority. And you might not have someone ready for a role. And that's when we would look externally.
2: Excellent. And... To me, this really kind of comes back around full full circle to the beginning of the conversation, where it really feels like within your organization, you have an employee centric mentality where you're focusing on the empowerment, you're focusing on the development, bringing in interns, young talent that then has that opportunity to grow. And one, at least from my experience, you tend to get that kind of more buy in, a more motivated, more engaged individual. And obviously, that then reflects in the deliverables and the work that the organization is doing. Absolutely, yeah. All right. So that wraps up um, this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Uh, Thanks to Eric Ritter, president and founder at Digital Neighbor for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at Eric Ritter or visit his company's website. Uh, digitalneighbor.com and join us back tomorrow as we continue this conversation around leadership, SEO to CEO, and dig a little bit deeper into some of the processes, communication, and reporting uh, that Eric's been using uh, within Digital Neighbor. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, just head over to com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us topic suggestions for SEO questions or apply to be a guest speaker on the Voice of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media, where our show handle is at Voices of Search on Twitter, or my personal handle is at Tyson underscore Stockton. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish a new episode every workday. So hit that subscribe button uh, in your podcast apps,
0: and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.